You are listening to an Elktree Publishing Podcast. Our elves have been hard at work in search for meaningful and compelling content, so we hope you enjoy this show. And now, for our feature presentation. Enjoy. Featuring free-spirited conversation to help build a better future for generations to come. This is Elftree Publishing. And then there's this also this energy of presence because part of what happens here on this planet is there's so much going on that we get so far out into the future or we're so far into all the past so it's like all the things that happen to us we're living from the past but when we can presence ourselves and live in the now and be okay with what is here now and what's right in front of us to do and that might be take a nap that might be go to the beach that might be read a book that might be I don't know, watch a tv show some mindless tv and really tuning into what's showing up right now because in myself included i did everything i could to avoid the now but the now is really all we have in this moment run run planet earth about to be recycled your only chance to evacuate is to leave with us is to leave with us. From leaving behind the world of bioterrorism to off the grid and independent living, you're listening to Exit the Cult. Hey everyone, I'm your host Joe Morales and you're listening to Exit the Cult, a podcast dedicated to exposing the lies of the mainstream media to help others wake up to the truth. Let's exit the cult together. It's Friday, April 1st, 2022. April Fool's Day. I want to welcome all of our new listeners and thank those of you who've been listening since the beginning. We've got a good show here today. It's my honor to welcome our first official guest, which we'll get into in just a little bit. And uh, we're going to discuss a couple articles that I came across. Obviously, you know I'm going to touch the slap heard around the world. Chris Rock, Will Smith, Jesus, the Oscars. Oh man, that was ridiculous. The New World Order is finally out of the bag. It's no longer a conspiracy theory. Joe Biden and other world leaders are outwardly speaking about the new world order that we are being forced to step into at this point. We're going to get into that and a few other things. So welcome to the show. I'm excited you're here and uh, let's get into it. So from Ukraine, the great white brotherhood cult, the trial begins. The trial of the leaders of the Great White Brotherhood cult began in Kiev Monday, more than a year after hundreds of cult followers threatened to commit mass suicide. Yuri Kivanohov and his wife Maria Zergyon, these, these names are out of control, I can't pronounce them, and that's just how it is, the self-styled messiah of the cult are accused of a number of charges ranging from organizing civic unrest to violating state property. 
The trial of the two cult leaders took place in a packed courtroom just meters away from St. Sophia Square, where cult followers used to meet before the couple's arrest in November of 1993. Maria, known to the cult members as Maria de Vai Christos, the living God, was a former communist youth leader and journalist. Of course she was. She claims the cult has a following of 144,000 across the former Soviet Union, as well as support in many Eastern European countries. Authorities expect the couple of giving mind-altering drugs to their followers, many of whom left home to join the cult. What were they, smoking a little hashish, a little grass, doing a little coke, LSD, doing some shrimps, doing some peyote? Okay. In November 1993, hundreds of young white brothers from all over the former Soviet Union descended on Kiev for a 10-day prayer vigil, which was to prepare them for the so-called Day of Reckoning. Four days before the predicted apocalypse date, Kriyavanahov and Devi Christos were arrested. <laughs> I hate that. I can't pronounce these names, but it's just how it is. They were both arrested along with a group of cult members after allegedly entering and vandalizing the ancient Sophia's Cathedral. Although many cult followers have deserted, Karevinahov, Devi Cristo still retains widespread support. 200 witnesses are due to testify at what is expected to be a lengthy court hearing. So this was a, um, this was a court thing back in the 90s. So obviously this is in the past. Let's be honest, this isn't anything new. I was curious about Ukrainian cults, and this was the thing that kind of popped up at this point. But um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. You are listening to Exit the Cult, only on Elf Tree Publishing. Enjoy. 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 Hey, enjoy. Hey, you. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hey, hey, you. Yeah, you. Enjoy. Yes, you. Enjoy. Post, California man who kidnapped a bus full of children in 1976 approved for parole. A 70-year-old California man who has spent four decades in prison for kidnapping a bus full of children and burying them alive could be freed if Governor Gavin Newsom approves his parole. A panel of two commissioners with the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation on Friday recommended parole for Frederick Newhall Woods, one of the three men who hijacked a school bus with 26 children aboard in Chowchilla, California on July 15, 1976. Friday's hearing was Woods' 18th attempt for parole. Woods and two other gunmen, Richard and James Schoenfeld, stopped bus driver Ed Ray as he was transporting the children back home from Dairyland Elementary School, which is about 150 miles southeast of San Francisco. The kidnappers forced the children and Ray into vans, according to court records. After about 12 hours on the road, the group was taken down into a ventilated bunker that contained mattresses and snacks on property owned by Wood's father, prosecutors said. While the frightened children and the bus driver were entombed for hours, the roof began to collapse from the weight of the dirt, according to court records. 
Linda Carrejo La Bendiera, who was 10 years old at the time, told the Associated Press in 2015 that the battery-operated blowers that circulated the air in the bunker began to fail. Quote, We would not have lived much longer. We would have suffocated to death in there. End quote. Prosecutors said Woods and his accomplices planned the kidnapping as if it was the, quote, crime of the century and demanded $5 million in ransom from the State Board of Education. Ray and the children, who were then ages 5 to 14, well, they didn't include Ray's age. Obviously, the bus driver was not up to 14 years old. Probably 20s, 30s, who knows? Could be an old man, who knows? How old are you, Ray? How old were you? He's probably dead now. Okay, that's dark. Anyway, they were eventually able to claw their way out of the trailer 28 hours later and ran to nearby workers who called police. The three suspects were arrested two weeks after the kidnapping and were initially sentenced to life in prison without parole. An appeals court, however, overturned the decision and the kidnappers were allowed the possibility of parole. Woods appeared via video on Friday before the panel, where his attorney, Dominique Banos, said his client has not faced any disciplinary actions since 2019. The hell did he do before 2019? I mean, that's not that many years ago. Like, okay, he's been good for three years. And, and chances are two of those years were during COVID. So was he in isolation? Like, come on. That's, that's bizarre. During the hearing, Woods provided an apology to victims. Quote, I've had empathy for the victims, which I didn't have then. I've had a character change since then. Oh, he, here's the, his age. I was 24 years old. Now I fully understand the terror and trauma I caused. I fully take responsibility for this heinous act. End quote. The panel's decision will now be reviewed by the California Board of Parole Hearings Legal Division. If no action is taken, Woods' parole would be granted within 120 days from Friday's hearing. Douchebag Governor Gavin Newsom then has 30 days to review the panel's decision. The governor can only reverse parole if the inmate was convicted of murder, which Woods was not. And I guess they're not even, they're not even assuming that could be technically attempted murder? You kidnapped 26 kids, put them into vans, buried them in a bunker. Well, well, Joe, he did put ventilation down there. He did give them mattresses. He was planning to come back and say, okay, they gave me the five million. You're all free to go. No harm done. Ridiculous. The two victims who participated during Friday's hearing said they agreed that Woods should be paroled. Quote, I believe you have served enough time for the crime you committed, said Larry Park. Richard Schoenfeld was paroled in 2012 and James Schoenfeld was released in 2015. Welcome to the world. Welcome to the world. Yeah, this is the world we live in, you guys. What a freak show. Guys dressed in black, remember that Just in case we ever face to face and make contact The title held by me, M.I.B. Means what you think you saw, you did not see So don't blink, be what was dead is now Here's some other ridiculous news from the New York Post Most Americans blame Chris Rock over viral Will Smith slap According to a poll most Americans think Chris Rock had it coming. More than half of those surveyed in a new poll said the comedian was in the wrong when he joked about Jada Pinkett Smith's shaved head at the Oscars. And do not fault actor Will Smith for smacking him on camera. 
The Blue Rose research poll found that 52.3% of people blamed Rock for the incident, compared to 47.7% who said Smith was out of line. The poll quizzed 2,162 people online about who was more in the wrong in the Sunday night spectacle. You don't know what I'm talking about? Well, unless you're living under a rock, pun intended. Let's roll the clip. You know who's got the hardest job tonight? Javier Bardem and his wife are both nominated. Now, if she loses, he can't win! <laughs> he is praying that Will Smith wins. Like, please, Lord! Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh, Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane jump. Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. No! I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. So there you go. The joke wasn't a big deal. He's joking about her alopecia. We're going to get into this later because I'm interviewing a very awesome guest and we do get into this, so I'm going to save it for that. But the reality is, you guys, alopecia, so many people have it. I mean, every bald joke you could ever make about a bald dude, like some fat, he's fat and bald. The guy probably had alopecia. Newsflash, it's uh, something normal that happens to people as you age. Not a big deal, but whatever. I don't know. They're just making this as if she's got some sort of cancer, which she doesn't. But at what point can a comedian not make a very lighthearted joke that's it was truly funny. If you see Will, if you watch the video, Will Smith is laughing his ass off when he says it. Jada rolls her eyes, and somehow his MK Ultra kicked in, and he waltzed up on stage, which I think it was all staged. I think it was planned, mainly. And we'll get into this, like I said, because the event was sponsored by Pfizer, and lo and behold, they have a new product for alopecia that was announced in the news the following day. They've been doing trials, and they're successful. You can grow back eighty percent of your hair. So, G.I. Uh, Jada, there is hope for you. But anyway, it was very lighthearted, especially when you compare it to things like um, Ricky Gervais when he was hosting the Golden Globes. Yeah, that's called brutal. In this room are some of the most important TV and film executives in the world, people from every background, but they all have one thing in common. They're all terrified of Ronan Farrow. <laughs> He's coming for you. He's coming for you. Look, talking of all you perverts, it was a big year. It was a big year for paedophile movies. Um, surviving R. Kelly, Leaving Neverland, Two Popes. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I don't care. I don't care. Many talented people of colour were snubbed in major categories. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about that. The Hollywood foreign press are all very, very racist. So, fifth time. So, 
No one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to the cinema. No one really watches network TV. Everyone's watching Netflix. This show should just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix, you win everything. Good night. But no, no, we've got to drag it out for three hours. You could binge watch the entire first season of Afterlife instead of watching this show. That, that's a show about a man who wants to kill himself because his wife dies of cancer. And it's still more fun than this, okay? <laughs> Spoiler alert, um, season two is on the way. So in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself. Just like Jeffrey Epstein. Shut up. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. <laughs> you had to make your own way here in your own plane, didn't you? Right. So here's Jim Carrey on his thoughts on what he saw unfold at the Oscars. And it's, uh, he's got a good point. I was sickened by the standing ovation. I felt like Hollywood is just spineless en masse. And uh, it just... It really felt like, oh, this is a really clear indication that uh, we're not the cool club anymore. There was some question today about if anyone else had walked from the audience and done that, they would have been escorted out by security or maybe even arrested. The police asked, asked Chris if he had to file charges. They asked Chris, do you want to file charges? And Chris apparently said, no, he did not. He doesn't want the hassle. I, I'd have, I'd have uh, for announced this morning that I was suing Will for $200 million because that video is going to be there forever. It's going to be ubiquitous. You know, that insult is going to last a very long time. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything against Will Smith. He's done great mm -hmm. things. But that was have not a good moment. It cast a, a pall over everybody's shining moment. Here's something tasty. Here's a little uh, vintage footage of Anthony Fauci talking about someone getting the flu. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she should if not she get it? If she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Next, if she really has the flu. She right. should not get it again. No, she day. doesn't need it because the, it, it's, the be, it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. Ah, yes, but that logic is out the window now. Ever since 2020, you can't make money on that one. The young men and women who have volunteered to serve and protect their communities as members of the United States military have been under attack by their own government for over a century, experimented on like laboratory animals with mustard gas, plutonium, Agent Orange, and depleted uranium. But what we are experiencing now is the final destruction of the entire US military from within. Those with enough sense to refuse the gene therapy shots are being forced out of military service. Navy SEALs who refused the jab have been denied deployment and even denied permission to travel for medical treatment. But more than two-thirds of the entire U.S. military have chosen to receive this life-altering vaccine, which has now proven to be catastrophic. Attorney-at-law Todd Callender, who is representing the U.S. Navy SEALs versus President Joe Biden, has recently reported an 1,100% increase in U.S. military deaths as a result of these mRNA injections. And based on their latest data, they expect this number to soon rise above 5,000%. 
A leaked military database from the Department of Defense shows us that while the public was being told that it's a crisis of the unvaccinated, the defense secretary and upper command knew 71% of all new cases were among the fully vaccinated. The Department of Defense knew what they were doing, and the proper charges are genocide. If you look at all of the documentation, Pfizer's documentation, that they, uh, we did mass spectrometry on their vials, we know what's in these things. And in fact, they even admit that they added an HIV protein into the shots for the purpose of disabling people's autoimmune. Right? They couldn't slip these lipid nanoparticles, which are in fact little bombers that carry pathogenic proteins um, to, to effectuate gene modification in the individual, gene therapy as they call it. In order to get those lipid nanoparticles past your cellular defense, your body's defense, they had to disarm your immune system. And they did that. It's in all the scientific papers. What they didn't do is undo that. And right now they're coming to understand this. People are showing up HIV positive. People with three shots have no immune system left over whatsoever. There is no other way to characterize this other than intentional homicide, the unlawful taking of a human life, except that it's in large numbers, which makes it a genocide. A vaccine delivered AIDS epidemic. That's right. That's correct. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Oh God, the world is upside down, period. Okay, I'm moving on from this. We're going to get into, um, obviously, the main event of the episode, which is my guest. It is my honor to welcome our first official guest here at Exit the Cult. She's a healer, a leader, a spiritual warrior, a future thinker, and new earth visionary. She has a true open mind with the incredible gift of listening and helping others work through past traumas to become their better selves. She is a certified magnetic mind coach and emotion code practitioner, yin yoga instructor, as well as a transformational nutrition coach. She is also the host of the New Earth Visionaries podcast. She graduated from Cal State University out in Southern California with a bachelor's degree in psychology and criminal justice. She states that, quote, hierarchy as we know it is not a thing in New Earth. It's about love, community, alignment, balance of polarity within, and heart-centered authenticity. There's only one person we could be speaking with today, and that's Amanda Monier. I want to, did I say it right, Amanda Monier? You did, yeah, you did. Thank you, awesome. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Welcome, welcome. I'm excited to be chatting with you today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so I kind of, I realized that you kind of shifted from working in criminal justice to holistic healing. And I'm, I'm really curious what kind of, I, I kind of wanted to give listeners maybe a little backstory of where, you, where you're where you from and what kind of led you down the path to where you are today. Yeah, um, of course. So I was, I had a six year long career, approximately about six years in law enforcement. I was a probation officer. So I did that for quite some time. Uh, right out of college, I had a year in between where I was working at a school as a counselor. So I've always kind of been in the helping, supportive professions and really did enjoy it. But there, a couple years into working in law enforcement, just kind of had this awakening in consciousness, if you will. And I was just kind of like, well, 
I don't think I'm going to be doing this forever. And it, this, this spiritual awakening stemmed from a really painful breakup. And so it was kind of like all the things that I hadn't dealt with and all the things I'd like shoved down throughout my childhood, throughout just basically like all the lies, all the illusions and things I subscribe to in this matrix that we live in that had been weighing me down. It all kind of came to a head and it was like, no, we're going to deal with this now. Mm. So kind of went on this this journey and it was kind of a external journey to start and then later turned more inward and ended up leaving the career in law enforcement, long story short, and sold my home. It was kind of like I had to really release all the things I thought I was, all the things we're told by society that we're supposed to have to make it, like, you know, all the external accolades that we're told define who we are. I really had to just start from scratch and let all of that go because there was a point in time where I just felt so disconnected from myself. And I was like, I don't even know who I am. I don't know what lights me up. I just am literally waking up and doing the same thing every day and kind of living in this unconscious autopilot type of energy. And so I, I let it all go. I sold my home. I moved and ended up starting the holistic healing business. And it's been a messy journey, but I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> yeah. So you, because I, I noticed when I was kind of looking through your bio and everything, um, your parents divorced when you were young. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and that was something that kind of resonated with me because mine did as well. And also the thing that you said, um, you have this quote on your site that says, uh, when I was a little girl, I had a feeling that there had to be more to life than what I was currently experiencing. And that's something that completely resonated with me because I feel like ever since I was really, really little, I was just constantly observing everything and realizing, like, I, I this, there's a story I always tell my friends, like the earliest memory I have of, of kind of just seeing how humans shape the world is just riding in the car with my mom and looking out the window and just thinking about, man, if we're on an, on a planet floating in the middle of outer space, this is what we've made on this planet. Like these are the cars, the shapes of things, the buildings, like it could be anything. And this is what people have chosen to create. And I've always realized because of that, um, things could be different. Anything could be different. It's just what we're experiencing in those moments are what, what is it, you know? And so, um, yeah, just kind of going through that, I guess the confusion of divorce and going back and forth from parents' homes, you know, just kind of trying to process that change from living with two parents under one roof to all of a sudden having to go to, you know, dad's house and mom's house and all these things. It's kind of a, it's kind of a weird journey where a lot of those things really do shape your adulthood because you kind of carry past traumas along with you as you get older and just process life in general, especially when you're observing other people's realities, like friends at school, um, friends who have their parents who are, you know, still married and, um, but yeah, I was just, I was curious how you kind of found your way, like going through law enforcement and kind of just realizing, okay, this isn't enough for me. I need to, I need to get out of this. Yeah. The first thing I'll, I'll say is I've, I've realized like the more I expand my awareness and my consciousness, I'm like, wow, the less I really know. 
<laughs> because really the stuff that we're told in society is just not, it's just not even true. And it, it just, it's so interesting. And so, yeah, so going throughout that journey and just peeling back all the layers of all the things that I had said yes to and subscribed to that were just not true and never were. And it could have been a path of least resistance at one time. Oftentimes that is what happens. Our ego and our unconscious just does what it needs to do to keep us safe. And so mm. when we create and form these patterns and these belief systems that later then create these structures inside of us, these energetic templates that then create the patterns on repeat and the emotions and things, it can be become a very painful experience because um, going back to kind of like a conversation around all that kind of like inner knowing, I also like that inner knowing that we have when we're children's, it's before the world fully gets a hold of us and we get all those imprints and the conditionings and things. Mm. And we just know that life is supposed to be beautiful and it is supposed to be uh, an expression. Like I feel like we're a unique expression of God's source universe, whatever you, whatever word you use to describe the creative energy of the universe. And we're always creating. We're either creating from a conscious creation perspective or the unconscious. Mm. So it is really beautiful because we can actually go in and realize where we're not in alignment. And so all of like the painful things that happen, aren't you and never were. So the way I kind of describe it is when we release all of these layers and, and really come back to our, the truth of who we are, then we have that clear channel, which is just this expression of, we can call it a higher self, super conscious. And then we're, when we're living from this place, we can create from this place of truth and what is true for us rather than in these painful patterns, because let's be real, like some of these things that we're experiencing can be very painful. And, and we see what is going on in society. You know, people are very sick, unhappy. It just, you know, there are a lot of people who are very miserable. And I think that a lot of people are actually kind of seeking out right now. It's kind of happened in the last handful of years. There's been some forced pauses for people. And so people are asking more questions because if we're not taking those pauses, then we're not able to receive information. Like if you look at the productivity society, like the consumerism, it's like, it's the way it's designed is to keep us constantly moving, busy, 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 because when we're busy, we don't pause to tune into what our truth is. We just kind of keep going and we don't go within and, and really listen to those things and, and what our soul needs at that deeper level. Yeah, it's almost like, it's almost like our reality has become so material we've forgotten or we're getting away from our spiritual side. And it's almost become like this accessory, like, oh, I, I wanna go on my spiritual journey once your life is comfortable, you have your job and you have all these things, people kind of compartmentalize that. And I kind of, I've always been someone that believes, you know, we're, we're, we are spiritual beings. We're constantly, you know, even when you're just thinking, sitting at, you could be at the, the DMV, you know, <laughs> waiting with your little ticket number, but in thinking about things, you're you're praying. Your body is emitting energy. You're, um, I, I can't remember who said this, but um, it was a podcast I was hearing, and this this guy was talking about how just your physical presence around someone else can start leading them through a healing process. If they're sick on the inside, if their um, spirit is low, if they've got a low vibration or whatever, just your presence alone can completely alter that trajectory that their body is going through at that current moment. That's why 
you know, it's like the whole butterfly effect thing. When you walk into a room, your presence does actually shape the energy um, in that moment. And that can completely reverberate through time and space, you know, wherever those people go after they see you or whatever. But it makes me think like, you know, you mentioned this, the conditioning and, and the things that we grow up uh, learning. What do you think it is that causes our world to be so separated from our spiritual self? And what do you think it's going to take for, on a global level, for us as people, as humanity, to kind of reconnect with that, you know, like like animals are with nature, like we are a part of nature. So how do we kind of break from the material and refine ourselves in this, you said it, in this world of chaos, because it is chaotic right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to start by saying that everything that I share is like, you know, through my own lens and, and what I've seen. So it's all from my very humble opinion. You know, I don't claim to be right about any of this, but again, it's just the best I can come up with at this point. So to answer the first question, I do feel like there are these, I'm going to call them separation templates on this planet and everything without is within that we, you know, get activated and triggered by. So if everything on the external is just a mirror to what's going on inside, that also help, can help us see where we're holding this energy. Because I think there's so much, we is so much that we don't understand about the vastness of the universe, of the way the inner workings of this planet and energy, we're starting to really bring some awareness to it. But I also feel like there's just so much we don't know, right? So I do feel like, I mean, we can get really esoteric on this, but I feel like there are some very dark, um, sinister beings on this planet that have really totally. anchored in a lot of this fear, chaos, guilt, shame, all these like very, because people in fear are very easy to manipulate and control because they look for someone else to tell them what to do. They look for this external leader. So I think part of the, of the, I don't know if I want to call it a problem, but part of what's going on is people have become so disconnected from themselves and from their truth. And whether that is in the political realm, the spiritual realm, they look for all these gurus to give them the answers for for themselves and where they're meant to go. Now, I have I, I think that mentorship's beautiful and there are people that are leaders and and like you even mentioned, I do feel like people contain certain energetic codes that when you're in their presence, it activates something within you. Now, if it's activating something that's within you that was already there the whole time. So I feel that one thing I always remind people of, it's you know what's best for you 100 percent, and you can use other things to help and enhance and, and you know we can always pivot and it doesn't have to be perfect it will be messy but one of the main things is this external like projection of like all the shit that you need is outside of you when it's actually inside of you and it's just activating these parts of you and really a journey back to the remembrance of who you are as a soul because when we have and this kind of segues into the second part of the question, when we are all in our heart and soul alignment and that unique expression of our soul, because I feel we all have a unique soul frequency that is, it's like, you know, we have our fingerprints, right? So it's all you, it's, it's a, our unique soul frequency is like our unique fingerprint. Mm. And so if we have a specific soul blueprint, we all have something beautiful to offer the planet and to ourselves, right? Because if we, I hear sometimes people say, oh, I got to, you know, save the planet and do all this. It's actually like 
No, well, if even if you're just in your light, and like you mentioned, we're sending ripple effects out into the collective. So just by us being in our authenticity and in our truth, and we are human. So there is, you know, the factor of emotions and things coming up. And, and I get that, but the more often than not that we're in our truth and we're in that unique soul frequency, we're able to shine our light. And just in the beingness of that, that is part of what changes the, the planet because also what we focus on and what we give, we funnel our energy to, it grows. So I actually got kind of in a little, I got last year, I was really fired up about a lot of the stuff going on on the planet, but it was to where I was so focused on it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm actually fueling this by spending all my time and energy talking about all the stuff that's going on. And now I also want to say too, that I think there are people with specific, we all have our own specific like assignments or missions or whatever you want to call it. So I feel like there are those people that, that are here to like expose the truth and to be speaking out about it because I mean, it's something that is part of the evolution of where we're headed. So, mm -hmm. but for me, it was, I was in this very negative energy around it and it didn't feel expansive. And so I was like, okay, Amanda, like you need to focus on yeah. being part of like the change that you want to see as cliche as it sounds. And so I feel that by us stepping into the things that feel expansive to our soul and trusting ourselves, and then we can get that guidance along the way. That's kind of where we start to see this shift. Yeah, and it's it's so awesome because um, it's it's almost like I mean you you were saying it it's almost like everyone has their own personal mission and it really is I feel if there's anything that anyone out there is doing it's finding that thing that really drives you the thing that that kind of lights you up and and puts you into a more um, positive vibration i guess versus the negative low thing because i it, i totally agree with you like the last few years just pissed me the hell off because <laughs> i was like what the hell is going on here why what reality was it ever okay for all of a sudden all these like world government people to start just telling everyone what to do yeah. You're staying home. If you go out, you're getting arrested, like seeing all, all the stuff that was happening in Australia and in Canada and just kind of observing it all and going, what the hell is this? Like, are people not going to put us, are people not going to stop this? Like, this is so counter to the human experience. Like, do people like being enslaved? Do pe So it was kind of something that really triggered me on a, on a really deep level, especially because I started my awakened journey uh, it, it, you know, I would say since I was really young, but I really started kind of grasping the concepts of globalism and, and the people behind the curtain, if you want to call it that, um, through documentaries and reading books and listening to interviews. And, you know, I did the whole, um, I went and saw this whole 10 hour presentation by David Icke. He came to, oh, uh, to yeah, LA <laughs> yeah. and I went to that and I was like, man, he kind of lays out the entire web of the world and how it operates on a financial level, political level. He doesn't really go deeply on the spirit side because I think that's still an area where, you know, it's almost like we're all individual antennas and ultimately not one of us can tell anybody else exactly how things are. No one really fully knows. Like, like I don't know what's outside of this planet. I can pontificate based on the things I've learned through 
programming, NASA, um, reading books, watching documentaries, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately, until I physically go off this planet and out into the universe, I, I wouldn't fully even know. You know, we it's like grasping into a belief without fully seeing something or experiencing it for yourself. And you said you said this earlier that reading through books and kind of listening when other people say things, I 100% am, am a believer of we have all of these things within us. Like we are all ultimately connected to each other on such weird levels where everybody has their own experience. But when I've read books and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, rem I remember vividly, I was sitting at this coffee house in Nashville and I was reading a, a, a Don Juan book by Carlos Castaneda. And there, I, it, was, it was a scene where he was basically out in the desert and he was sitting with Don Juan at night and he thought he was looking at some sort of wolf in the distance, but it was a bush the entire time. It, he, he, he made it so real in his mind, but ultimately the truth that came out of that for him was life is way more than we make it. It's way more than we're, we're seeing with our visible eyes. And when I was sitting there, I'll never forget, I was sit, sitting there going, I'm reading these pages and I'm agreeing with things that I'm hearing in these pages, but it's not because I'm learning something from it. It's because this book dug it out of me. I'm choosing to agree with it because I already knew this. Yeah. I just needed something to pull it out of my mind, you know, or pull it from within or whatever. But I, yeah, I'm with you on that. It's, it's, it's weird to find that balance because the world is crazy right now. And it's being able to sit there and go, okay, the world is falling apart <laughs> to a degree, right? How do I focus on the things that matter and not live in the, a state of fear? Because I feel like I have lived in a state of fear. I do personally, like, you know, I, and I don't like admitting this because it's, it's such a doom and gloom, but I do have a concern that the people, the powers that be are their next level of this crazy game they're playing is to cut the power and really bring the pain on humanity. Um, which, you know, to live that way, it's so weird because it's not something that I thought about when I was a kid. You just never thought about these things. But it's not until you kind of realize and hear the words coming out of people's mouths. You know, the whole, um, I'm not sure if you're aware of like the World Economic Forum or uh, Klaus Schwab. Are you are you aware of that? The Great Reset program? Like I, I've gone down some deep, dark rabbit holes and things, but some of I've, I've had to I've had to pull myself back a little bit in the last like six months to a year. But I, I'm very familiar with David Icke and I've done lots of lots of research, but I, I don't I'm not super familiar with the what you just mentioned. Yeah. So the there's this program called the Great Reset, and it's being run by. It's basically sponsored by all the major corporations around the globe and all the world leaderships, UN, like NATO. Your agenda is that exactly okay? Yeah, I'm and <laughs> it's headed by this guy named Klaus Schwab, and Klaus Schwab is almost like <laughs> if you could cast a supervillain in a film, this guy is it. Like the way he talks, the way he dresses. He dresses like he's from Star Wars or something. It's very bizarre. But he, like even this week, they've got uh, the World Government Summit is going on, 2022. The opening, I can't remember her name, but the woman who spoke, the opening speaker 
she mentions the New World Order. Biden this week mentioned the New World Order. So it's like these talking points, all these world governments are, are telling the public. And Klaus Schwab, what I was going to say is Klaus Schwab has been speaking out saying, you know, the next phase of what's going to happen is uh, the power grid's being shut down, which will make the pandemic look like a minor inconvenience. And so I'm like, all right, where is Superman? Where is Batman? (laughs) At what point are like to me, what I was going to get at with just all that, because, again, these are globalist elite really extremely wealthy people that live in a completely different reality. They're they're kind of the world shapers, you know? But, so they have their idea of where they want to take the world, what they want to do. It's all about sustainability and all these things, which, which on paper, that's not a bad thing. I feel like we should be definitely taking care of the earth, doing better, uh, taking better care of this world we live, we live in. Um, but it's kind of strange because it's almost like all of the destruction we're seeing has been by the hands of major corporations creating products that are extremely toxic. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about the the trash on the ground, okay, it's nine times out of 10, you're going to see like a, a Starbucks cup or you're going to see a McDonald's bag of trash. And those bags weren't made out of recycled materials. I mean, paper obviously disintegrates, but we, th- we hear a lot about humanity is just overpopulated and and we're we're just out of control right now. But back to what you were saying earlier, it's conditioning, it's programming. We've been programmed to kind of be in this state of chaos. Do you think, do you think we're kind of at a time where humanity is waking up to this? And how do you think this transition is going to lead us, especially trying to reconnect with that spirit self? How, How do you think the next I know this is such a hard question to answer, but where do you think things are going to go, especially if we saw the last two years, how dramatic the world changed? You know, we saw 9-11 change the world, but over the last 20 years, it's kind of been this incremental chiseling away of people's personal freedoms. We're watching the um, the Silicon Valley companies kind of create this crazy level of Uh, surveillance on the public where we start trusting, oh, I'm going to use this app. And all of a sudden we find out our data has been sold, you know, and it's at this point, it's kind of, it should be a given any technology we're using, even like Skype right now, it's owned by Microsoft. Microsoft was started and owned by Bill Gates. Bill Gates is an endorser of the World Economic Forum. He is an endorser of uh, the Globalist Summit that's going on right now. So, we're kind of in this matrix, if you want to call it that, where we are waking up as the normies, like the normie people, the 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 humans who, if we can make a change that does shift the tide in a positive way, it's us. It's it's the normal people. It's not the ones who are. It doesn't mean they're excluded, but it's not necessarily those flying in pri- private jets and speaking at events, talking about how. <laughs> how wasteful humanity is and then they go and fly on their private jet home and go live on their beachfront mansion where how do you think the next five years is going to kind of shift and what can people do individually to kind of reconnect themselves in this state of chaos because it is it's driving a lot of people into fearful states of complicity complicit behavior and i don't know i I, yeah 
yeah so i'm saying a lot i just it's kind of a lot to unpack but no i um, love this conversation <laughs> yeah me too me too uh, i just i know i know it's just it gets heavy and i'm not the type of person that likes to live in that world but at the same time it's like i'm observing it and i'm going oh man all i want to do is be like in a state of peace all the time but I pay attention to some of these things and it really does affect me. Like what's kind of a key thing that you do to kind of stay balanced, but also where do you think things are gonna go and how can people kind of take care of themselves in this shift? Yeah, so the first thing I'm gonna say, what I feel like is going on, and again, this is just from my perspective, is we're almost having like a, a massive collective dark night of the soul. And like I mentioned, um, without and within. So. It, it looks like shit is going to hell right now. But what I will say is we can't build a foundation of where we're going on this bed of lies and all these conditionings and all the illusions that have been on this planet for thousands and thousands of years. So I feel that what's happening on the planet right now is why it seems so crazy. It's like, it, you know, for those of us who have, which I'm assuming most people that are listening to this and you and I can relate it, we've all, we've been through this initial spiritual awakening. And so, when this happens, um, we are shedding all those layers and the things, I'm so sorry, my dog is chewing on his ball. Can you hear that? <laughs> That's okay. Can you hear that? <laughs> it sounded like a bird. I thought it was a bird. <laughs> I don't have birds. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's totally fine. Okay. Um, should I grab it from her? Or you no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. If unless it's distracting you, you can totally yeah do 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 your okay, thing. Okay, I'm so sorry. I like I I was trying to keep a straight face. And <laughs> no, I honestly I love it. He, it's, just, he just comes out of the room with this smirk on his face, like what did I do, mom? Yeah, you're being loud. Go lay on your dog bed, aka the couch. Go on. Yeah, he's like globalish, mobilist. It's yeah. fine. Everything's like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I feel like what is happening is the when we're getting triggered or activated by this stuff going on, it's an opportunity for us to heal where we're still like, cause some of this stuff is triggering to more people than others. So it's like an opportunity to go within. And that's literally what I had to do. I'm more neutral to it now. I'm not fueling it anymore. And the thing is to unplug your TV. Don't go on social media. Don't fuel it. Unplug from the stuff. And, and again, like acknowledge where this is activating a part of you that does feel fearful or that does feel like unstable. Or when they tell you to rush out to Costco and go buy a bunch of stuff, it's like, I, I did that a couple times and nothing ever happened. And so to me, fuel um, for them is fear. And and all of this kind of like energy that is just when we're focusing on it, when we're in a state of fear, it does fuel it because I truly believe that these individuals that are in control of the planet and have been for quite some time, it's like the 1% of the 1%. Like we, there's so much more of us than them. So first off, unplug from it, don't fuel it. And I truly believe that these individuals, that they don't actually have the ability to create because of the density they're living in. They're living in like a very low vibrational density. And I don't, I really don't think they can create. So what they do is they manipulate. We're doing, we're doing the fueling for them. And so when we unplug from it, we're not giving energy to it. We're not giving energy to it. It's like almost like we're living in a state, a lot of people, and I was one of these people, we're living in a state of like that mass it's like the mass formation psychosis it's like yes. it's hypnosis we're living in a state of hypnosis because of all the programming and so when we start to peel this back layer by layer then we realize wow like no one is actually in control of me 
I'm choosing to focus my consciousness on this. And so what we can do is realize that we are creative beings. We are conscious creators. And what is it that we truly want from a place of heart and soul alignment, just because we'd love to experience, have it be it. And then we can actually cultivate that. And I can get into that a little bit in a little bit on, on, on some ways that we can, can do this. But part of it, if we are sucked into this, it's like, yeah, it's going to keep moving. And, and again, it's like, well, we don't, nobody has, you don't have to do anything like down to the down. I know it might sound kind of crazy for people, but down to getting shot, certain shots, like you yeah. literally don't have to, no one's holding up like, yeah, you may lose your job, but maybe that's a gift. Maybe, maybe your job already like isn't fulfilling your soul. And maybe it's like a gift. And so part of the reason when we shift things, cause that's part of the reason I left my job is they were forcing masks. And then at some points they were, they were, I don't know if they're doing it now, but at one point they were making you show a, a vaccination card. Mm-hmm. And for me, that wasn't something that felt good for me. And I wasn't going to be manipulated because at the end of the day, when we're doing things, when our yes is really a no, those are the things that, that pull us away from ourselves and that fragment our soul, so to speak, because we're saying yes when it's a no, but our sub, like our, our inner being and our soul and, and that it gets felt at a deeper level. And these types of things are actually what create disease in the body is when we're, we're so far away from our truth. And when we're, it's not like disease is just a symptom of all the, the thought forms and all the beliefs and all the things that aren't in alignment with our highest and that are very low vibrational. And so yeah. So circling back, <laughs> I definitely just unplugging from this. And as far as like where we're going, kind of going back into what I was speaking of around like the raising of the vibration of the planet. So as we continue to raise our vibration, if we're focused on that versus what all the shit that's wrong, it's a completely different mindset. Like I can wake up today and I can focus on anything that I want to, but if I'm focused on how crappy the world is and I get sucked into that, well, that's my reality. But if I'm focusing on the things that I'm grateful for and the things that I'm creating and what I'm choosing that feels more expensive, then that's my point of attraction. That's my point of creation. So if you're listening, you are so much more powerful than to, than, and if it's something that lights you up to expose the truth and to dig into that stuff, and then that's beautiful too. But it all, like our emotions are our compass. So if we're feeling out of alignment when we're doing something, that's something to look at. If it doesn't feel good, and if it doesn't feel expansive, and if we're trying to talk ourselves into something. So speaking to where we're, where I feel we're headed, and I also feel like this is a choice as well. So I feel we're headed into a very beautiful time and this golden age. And like I said, all of the lies have to come to the surface. Lies have a shelf life. I think we all know that it doesn't, it's not a matter of if it's when the lies come out and all these lies and all these distortions are coming up to the surface. And the thing is too, is they tell us exactly what they're doing, exactly what they've been doing. I, I'm not super well-versed at this, but I do believe there are certain like laws of the universe and spiritual laws and things where they always are telling us what they're doing before they do it. And there's almost like an energy of agreeance. I'm not saying everything, but especially what's been going on in the last couple of years, it's like you've literally had to agree to it. Yeah, it's sure. like a dark magic where mm-hmm. the the wizard has to basically karmically let those falling into the deception agree to fall into the deception. Mm-hmm. So they'll put it out there, but in a way that's just extremely elusive. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying it's not manipulative because I do believe it has has been manipulative. Like, um, you know, a lot of the documents that have been released lately, it's like you know, they got this like thing going on over here. They're like, hey, look at this. And then we have like 
you know, hundreds of pages of documents that are coming out that the majority of people probably don't even know are out around, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't know if does the stuff get censored on here. I'm like, well, no, not at all. Not I at all. I was like, I, sometimes I, I know that we have to be careful the words we use so we don't get deplatformed. But all the all the Pfizer documents that have come mm -hmm. out um, and there was even a nurse I was watching her video. She was like, are you kidding me? Like she was reading all of them and she was just like, this is absolutely insane. You're telling me that the adverse reactions are pages and pages and pages and I still might get COVID. OK, so it's just like the disclosures and the information is there. And so it just goes with everything. Like do your own research, feel into what feels right for you. And so I truly believe that like, that's part of like what is happening right now, as far as the kind of changes and shifts and everything coming to the surface. And I do believe we have an opportunity here to really shift things and create these new paradigms. So, and that is going to take, you know, a certain amount of conscious effort from from you know those of us that live here on this planet and i just feel like the opportunity because of the amount of light coming into the planet right now based on the individuals that have been raising their vibration their frequency what i mean by that is they're releasing the density and becoming more in alignment with that authentic self and that is part of like i mentioned earlier what makes this planet a better place and so I just don't think that these individuals that have been in power for this long I think that that's why we're seeing things happen at this almost rapid speed is because I don't believe time is linear I think it's a human construct but it seems like things are extremely accelerated right now because of this raising of the vibration of the planet like things are happening rapidly so I don't know if you've noticed that but that's oh absolutely yeah so I don't know if that answered all the questions that you asked. Yeah, me, totally, okay. <laughs> totally. No, and you and you also said, you know, this mass formation psychosis. I think this was this was the concept that I, I first heard maybe back in early December, late November, early December, um, talking about how everything that happened with COVID. Like for me, I kind of because I've been awake for so many years, and I I kind of went down the road of just, okay, once I saw, you know, the Loose Change documentary back in like 2007, I was like, what the hell? Like these media companies could lie. Like I thought they were supposed to be just reporting stuff. And, and it was so naive of me to even think that way. Now that I look back on it, I'm like, oh man. And it's such a state of mind that I think people are still in. And Watching the last two years unfold was extremely frustrating because it was almost like I was already at the point where I was like, nope, 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 everything that's going on, this is wrong. Living in a state of fear, the media is pushing fear, it's all wrong. Ever since 9-11, the media pushing terrorism, pushing all these things in the media, like where's all the good news? Where's all the stuff that makes humanity feel good about what we are and where we're going and and because that didn't exist, that was such a red flag for me going, okay, we're in some sort of weird incubator that's that's just, it's like boiling the frog kind of a thing oh, yeah. where what is this leading up to? Where is it going to go? Going to see the David Icke things and in, in listening to interviews, not with just him, but with a lot of other forward thinkers, people who are paying attention to this saying, okay, well, this is strange. Here's an interview with Bill Gates doing a TED Talk, talking about, 
you know, in the next five years, if we can uh, get really good with our vaccines, uh, we can lower the population by 15%. And it's like, wait, what is he talking about? Vaccines lowering the population by 15%. What does that mean? What is what is it? And then to see him at the forefront of this entire new uh, the, the vaccine program, which to me, I don't think it's a vaccine. I think it's just a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a shot. It's a experimental yeah. therapeutic, yeah. I guess. We don't know exactly what it is or what it's going to do yet. I think we're going to find out in the next five or so years. So I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I don't want to yeah, create but, fear about that, but yeah. Yeah. And then people like, um, he was on Rogan and I, I heard him before he was even on Rogan. I think it's, uh, Robert Malone was his name. Dr. Robert yeah, Malone. Oh yeah. He, one of the inventors of the MRNA t- uh, tech that goes into these, that they're saying is in these shots. And he came forward saying, we're not, this isn't what we should be doing. This is, we need to stop this program right now. Um, but the whole thing I was going to get at was, you know, I went out to, from time to time I go and I tour manage artists and I was out back in, I think it was, I can't remember. It was last year sometime. And I was at a hotel room and I turned the TV on and it was all these commercials talking about, go get the shot, go get the jet, go get the vaccine. It's safe and effective, safe. And all these like feel good commercials making you feel like, oh, it is safe and effective. I should just go do it. And I was sitting there watching that, you know, with the rose colored glasses off. If you've ever seen um, They Live, did you ever see that movie? Mm, I haven't. Oh, it's so good. You should see it. Okay. It's, a, it's like a, it's a movie from like the late 80s, early 90s, but it's basically about this guy. He's kind of a transient dude who's traveling through LA and he he's homeless and essentially finds this little encampment and near the encampment is this church where it's basically just a front where they're creating these glasses and when you put them on everything changes you see all the billboards instead of being an advertisement when you put the glasses on it says obey consume and it's kind of this famous meme that's that you'll see here and there but taking these taking these rose-colored glasses off and seeing what was happening the last two years at the very beginning of the pandemic, I was extremely alarmed by it. I was going, oh man, no, 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 no. Okay, now they're talking about once they have the vaccine out. And and it's like all the world was in tandem with this. And I'm sitting here going, how can they put out a vaccine in such a short amount of time when the average vaccine takes at least five to 10 years before they even roll it into the general public? How can they do something so quickly to me, that was where I was going. And then seeing all these interviews with with Bill Gates and, and him pushing it and Fauci and Fauci yeah. being involved in the whole AIDS epidemic that happened back in the 80s and I basically think experimenting. Positive for HIV, to be honest with you. Right, right. Yeah. So I'm sitting here going, how can they tell us this is safe and effective when that's absolutely false? It's a lie. And and yes, I know I have most of my friends in LA. This was frustrating as well. And another reason I left LA was all of my friends, I would get in these arguments with them and I had to learn to just stop talking about any of this stuff because at the very beginning I was like, don't do it. Don't go don't go get this vaccine. Like no one's ever tested this. Like you are the test. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, what? They're like telling me why would they 
give up, why would they say something is safe and effective if it wasn't? Come on, Joe. You know, and I'm just sitting here going, I don't know that logic that you're telling me. Yeah, I agree with you. Why would they do that? But they did. So I don't know. It just became this really surreal thing to observe with this back knowledge going, man, these people are insane that are actually pushing this and talking about this. And now we know people that are taking these vaccines on a regular, um, it's lowering your immune system. It's basically keeping you from being able to fight off disease or viruses on your own, which our bodies are like these magical machines that, I mean, when you think about how many people do you know that go and they'll drink on a regular basis and get hammered and poison themselves. And the next day they may have a little bit of a hangover, but then they bounce right back. You know, as long as you like eat some good food and drink water and all these things, your body literally is designed to heal itself. And we're kind of in a state of living now where the medical industry is is trying to impose its will upon people's freedoms saying well and you said this earlier it is still a choice you know i may lose my job i may lose friends i may you know not have the ability to go see a concert or go into a restaurant but i still have a choice to say i don't agree with this and that's that's kind of the stance i've taken i i from the very beginning i was like i'm not complying with this i don't know what it is and it's not about not caring about other people because that's kind of the big you know the heavy fist people are trying to smack down on people who are opposing the vaccines are saying well you don't care about others this isn't about you this is about others and i'm like no as far as i know reality has always been about me and I've been observing what's outside of me. And if all of a sudden, you know, it's the whole concept of if, if someone tells you to go jump off a bridge, are you going to do it? It's as simply as that. It's like people are telling me to go jump off a bridge and I'm not going to do it. You know, yeah. I'm sitting here going, I would rather just step back, let other people do it and see what, you know, when the dust settles, what is all of this? What will all of this have been? And it's frustrating having been you know, at the very beginning going, man, this is just media manipulation. And unfortunately, I do feel when all is said and done, this will be the biggest genocide in human history. And we're just sitting through it. Yeah. Yeah. My thought too is on some of this stuff and and I have, I've had people ask me, well, how, how do you convince people energy healing works? I don't. <laughs> I don't. Because the thing is, if these things are so great, right? Like if this vaccine is so great, then why do we have to manipulate the masses to do it? Why do we have to mandate laws? Why aren't there lines and lines? Why do we have to manipulate them with donuts and beer to go get it? Why are there not mm -hmm. lines and lines of people being like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. That's that. I mean, if we take a step back and again, it just goes back to us tuning into ourselves and our own intuition and being able to ask, is this right for me? Because this might not be right for everybody. It wasn't right for me. And it's, you know, no judgment to anybody who ended up, you know, getting it, that's your decision. Um, but I would, you know, say just as with everything, if it's something where we're, we're doing it out of fear or manipulation, it, intention is so powerful. And I always say this because mm. when we're, when we are doing something with a specific intention or a specific reason, or we have some sort of attachment to it, it's going to, you can't fake frequency. It, mm -hmm. You cannot fake this stuff. You cannot like, it, it's like when someone, someone says something, words come out of their mouth, but their body language and everything else says otherwise. You're like, eh, that 
doesn't know. Like you're like, no, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> it's like, you can't fake this. So again, it, <laughs> I was going to say like, uh, like Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris rock and then talking about love. <laughs> Oh my God. I, honestly, I think that was, a, I think that was like psyop too. I think that, Me that too. Was, I think that was a way to, first of all, like, I don't think anyone would have known that the Oscars were even going on if that hadn't happened because mm-hmm. no one gives a shit about any of that anymore. Like, well, it was sponsored was, by Pfizer as well. Yeah. And biotech. So is it, is a bio or something? Um, but they're biotech. Some, yes, but they're releasing you know, that ala, whatever that, um, for alopecia. Yes. So mm-hmm. they're releasing a medication for that. Exactly. Yes. yes. Oh so my it's God. It's all tied together. It, this is like a big movie. And that's the thing. If we can take a step back from the things we're being told. And, and I always say too, if it's something like the media is driving and like telling me I ought to believe, I'm just as well believe the opposite. Mm-hmm. Turn into my own guidance system and ask myself if it's even something I want to, you know, consider because we can look at how quick the COVID narrative changed to the war I put air quotes of yeah. what's going on. We're not boots on the ground there. We don't know what's happening. There have been a lot of like clips that have come out and people are like, wait, is that a Sean Penn movie? Like half yeah. this isn't even real. That's the thing. And so it goes back to my original kind of point to all this. It's like, what do we want to focus on? Do you want to focus on like this story and narrative that they're telling you to focus on? My question would be, well, first of all, why are they telling you to focus on it? And the majority of people that were on board with all the COVID stuff, the masking, the vaccines and all that, when they told them and they switched, they it was literally like a switch flip. They're like, okay, now we're going to focus over here and we're going to send all these things, you know, prayers and peace to Ukraine. I'm not, and again, I'm not taking a position on it. I'm actually very neutral to it because I don't know what's going on there. And so how can I say this or that? And and I just don't care to funnel my energy towards it. We don't know what's happening there. We know what we're being told. We know what we're being told by the media. But my question would be, why does the media want you to think that? And again, is it something that serves you in in focusing your attention to? And why did this switch so quickly? And and for a a point in time, I don't necessarily believe it's over, but you're not really hearing about COVID quite just hearing about this war and now food shortages and things. Yeah. It's meant to create an illicit fear. We have to step out of that fear. We have to step into our truth and we have to step into our passion and and our alignment and the things that light us up. And this is how we shift things. We don't shift things by being in a low vibrational state of fear. And, um, you know, I can, we can go into like some conscious creation stuff if you'd like, but it's it's such a, a different, it's a, it's, it's a mindset shift. It's a shift in um, perspective. It's a shift in where you're, you're focusing your attention. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting because I, you know, back in 2000, I believe 2014, you know, just, just to quickly mention the Ukraine thing, under the Obama administration, there was a lot of shady stuff going on while Biden was vice president and his son was working for this major energy firm that was under investigation, active investigation, and essentially... While Biden was speaking at the Council on Foreign Relations, which is basically a globalist cult, it's another one of those things like the World Economic Forum, Mm -hmm. Davos, all these things. He was speaking on stage talking about how there was a specific prosecutor that was investigating Burisma, which is the company his son, who had no background working for a company like this, and all of a sudden was placed on the board of this company and was paid a ridiculous amount of money per month and was funneling money through, of course, 
I don't know if you know about the, his laptop, essentially. I heard, uh, yeah, I, heard, I didn't go too deep into that rabbit hole. I was just like, oh, I guess that explains why they're giving out crack pipes at the White House. And all that, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. That whole thing is so ridiculous. I they, like, they, it's actually kind of laughable. Some of this stuff is kind of laughable. And it's just, yeah. We can it's get idiocracy. Into it. The entire world has become like, so like, upside down ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, essentially, they found, you know, he turned his laptop into this place. The guy who ran the shop realized, oh my God, there's all this crazy shit on this laptop. He ended up turning it over to, I believe, the FBI. And it kind of became uh, a story where they were able to find all of these shady emails that were essentially being sent from Hunter to different diplomats and politicians where he was funneling money to his family from Ukraine. Well, they ended up doing a what they call a regime change where the United States in conjunction with the UN and NATO essentially took over the Ukrainian government back in 2014. And ever since then, billions of dollars, weapons have been kind of been put over there. And what Russia apparently has been disclosing, which is why I think they're kind of demonizing Russia right now is Putin. And I'm not saying Putin's a good guy. I don't really know much about him other than he kind of laughs in the face of a lot of the um, the deep state, as you call them, like the, mm-hmm. like the Hillary Clintons and things like that. They're just so sloppy types of people. They're very sloppy in the way they act towards others and the way they, they look at humanity in general. And so he, he was basically exposing how the United States had set up all these different bio labs and ironically, a lot of these areas that were being bombed by Russia, if it's if it is Russia, like you yeah, said, uh, who knows? Right. We're not there. <laughs> we <don't know. laughs> but it's it's where these locations of biolabs were. And now we do know that there were biolabs because there I forget, I think it was Victoria Newland or whatever, she spoke in front of the Senate, basically disclosing, yeah, there's these labs, but that's we're not using them for these things. And it's like, well, why do you have biolabs over there? What are you doing over there? Why and why is the US running over three hundred biolabs all over the world? What in the hell is going on? And so not not to like speculate that it's all just these bat viruses they're trying to release and in, in, in the globe or whatever. But it's just interesting to see how, like you said, we go from this extremely heavy-handed COVID narrative to all of a sudden, poof, it's gone. Now it's the, it's the Oscars. Everyone's maskless at the Oscars. It's like it, like it, it never existed. Yet Fauci just came out this past week and he's he's saying, you know, if he's doing his little vampire thing where he's talking about how it's still, it's not over yet. It's not over yet, you guys. And it's kind of looming on the outskirts of whatever they want people to be focusing on. And I'm with you. It really is a thing where it's like, it's so it's become so ridiculous that, you know, I've gotten to this point where, you know, I've been looking into this stuff for so long, almost like somebody who's a, a sports fanatic, because I am genuinely like enamored by all this stuff. It's, it's fascinating. just, it's yeah. fascinating. The rabbit hole completely yeah. fascinates me. It's more interesting than, you know, the mundane BS most people want to talk about, which is like, okay, I don't care about that Netflix show. I don't care about the game that, you know, whatever. It's all this other stuff that really fascinates me is, is talking politics and also talking about how, you know, 
such as the Oscars going, okay, what could this deeper meaning be? Yes, it was funded by Pfizer. There is this drug that just came out. The next day they announce it. Oh, they already got through these trials. But I think the problem that most people have, and this was going to get back to how do people start, how do people open their minds to going, oh man, this, this is, this could be a total psyop because you believe it is. I believe it is. Or at least I think it is, you know, it's, I think it's people going, how could people be that evil? Cause that means Will Smith and Chris Rock essentially got paid on the back end. We're told this is what you're going to do. It's another production because mm-hmm. the Oscars and, you know, on paper, it is a production. It is a yeah. scripted event. Everything about it is scripted. Were they paid on the back end? And I think people have a hard time thinking that could be a reality because it's so effing evil. It's just absurd. It's absurd for the average person to really sit there and commit themselves to thinking these characters we love on television, how could they do that? How could they manipulate me like this? And and I, you know, living in LA, I have a lot of actor friends. I've worked on set. I've been on set on major TV shows. So I've been around all this stuff. And even for me, it's hard to, to sit there and think that some of these people could play that game. And and like, is that real? Could that even be real? It's so hard to even imagine. And so I think that's kind of the disconnect I think the average person has with trying to connect to a conspiracy theory or a conspiracy in general. And I think that is where, you know, I think that's the ultimate bridge of going, you know what? You're right. Who knows? We don't know what's real and what's not real anymore. All we do know is we are spiritual beings and and we have to reconnect with ourselves and find a state of peace within ourselves because, I mean, the, the outward thing that we're observing is so ridiculous at this point. It doesn't make any sense. There is no reason. Um, it's kind of just trying to realign with some sort of normalcy and what we're seeing at the highest levels is making it extremely difficult especially with the the whole corporate woke thing that's happening where everything is about you know even these disney executives coming out on their zoom call this week talking about how now they have the green light to just put in as much programming as they want for children and it's so disturbing to think people would actively be doing this, but they have to believe in it somehow and be doing it, you know? Because I've got friends that are like, they believe in what they're doing. Like they believe in the vaccines. They believe that masking is the right thing to do. And I'm sitting here going, because you were told. It's not because you believe it. It's not because you came up with this concept. It's because you were told. And that's how powerful the media is. So my my I have this belief that if there's a way for, for the media to be held accountable for crimes against humanity through because they're manipulating and them having to shift their focus back to, to reporting the truth, I really think so much chaos could be eradicated like that because people want the truth. People do. I, I don't think people like living in a state of fear. I think we've been conditioned to because most, I mean, think about kids in college right now. They were born in the 9-11 era. So all they've known is chaos, war, terror, and negative news. Mm -hmm. But I was born in the early 80s. So I kind of saw in the 80s and 90s as a kid, like the world wasn't like this. 
it wasn't fo- hyper focused on racism. The world is more racist now than I believe it was in the 50s, 60s. It is absolutely out of control. Like they just signed this bill. I, I forget what it's called. It, I, I wrote it down. It was like the the anti-lynching hate crime bill. And I'm sitting here going, why are they signing an anti-lynching bill? Like murder is murder. Like we all know murder is wrong. Why are these things so hyper-focused where it's all about the color of our skin now? And ultimately I do believe we're all just skin and bones, blood and these spirit beings. Like, did you ever go visit the bodies exhibit? I didn't, no. Oh, if you ever get a chance, it's so, it's kind of, it's really weird, but it's, have you heard about it? I haven't. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. Is it in California? Um, I believe it was like a touring thing. I saw it in New York a couple times and then I saw it in, oh gosh, I used to tour a lot. And so I, I was on tour one day and it was in this town we were playing and I just walked in cause I was like, oh, I was riding my bike past it. I was like, oh, I'm going to go in. And it's essentially a, uh, an exhibit, it's huge, where they dissect the human body. It's really kind of disturbing, but also absolutely fascinating. So they extract the entire, uh, for instance, like they have, a, they have a human cadaver where they've sliced it into these thin slivers all the way down and spread it out. So you can see the meaty insides, the bones, the nerve, everything from a human being. They have... Um, uh, like the nervous center, the central nervous system of the human being. They have the brain stem. You see all these different parts of what make us who we are as people. Like we're these, we're truly like these crazy aliens. Yeah. And ultimately we're beings of the, of the universe. But when you see it, when you're able to actually see what we are on the inside, it's so fascinating. To, to me, that's where I go, oh man, we are antennas of, of something else. I write music. And at the end of a songwriting session, I don't know where that song came from. I don't know why I wrote it. I may have felt a certain way, but at the end of it all, I didn't plan what I was gonna do. You just kind of do it. It's like painting. You don't really know what's gonna happen until it's done and you're like, oh man, you couldn't predict that. We channel things from somewhere else. I don't know, to me, this is gonna get into the transhuman thing, uh, transhumanism, where a lot of the people pushing transhumanism, they they believe we, we they can extract a human's consciousness and just put it in a computer. And I don't believe it's possible. Personally, I don't believe it's possible at all. It's like you and I believing what we are in this very moment, we could live forever because someone is able to take our consciousness, put it into some sort of external device, and then put that device into whatever, like a, a robot or whatever. I don't believe it's possible because I do think we're channeling something from somewhere else and it's almost like we're living in a world where people are trying to perfect something that that's already been perfected like when you look at a bird flying through the air how perfect is that when you see a bird come swooping in and it lands perfectly on this branch flying who knows how fast and all of a sudden stops itself lands on this branch perfectly next to another bird and then they're just sitting there. It's like you you couldn't create a drone to do something like that. It's just too perfect. And that introduces me to like the concept of God. Like, what is this? W- what are we? You know? And I didn't mean to go off on this on this tangent, but it kind of goes from the, the world of chaos, us as these beings, and and 
you know, how do we stay grounded in this place, in this time, but also how do we think forward? How do we stay connected to the sci-fi reality of technology and, you know, making the world a better place through technology? Because it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad concept to think, oh, we can use these machines to, to help humanity. But if they're being used for nefarious purposes, you know, then not so much, you know, it's like the beauty of the internet has, has been beautiful. It educates people every single day. People can connect to you through your website, through digital media, through your podcast. And, but at the same time, a lot of people are being censored. So the same technology is also being used for such, I don't know, such shady, shady things. Like why, if, if your truth is so powerful, why do you have to suppress it? You know? That's what's so bizarre to me. If the COVID narrative is so powerful and correct, why do they even give a shit if someone's talking anti-vaccine? Because yeah. ultimately that person should look like a fool. But that's yeah. not the situation, you know? <laughs> so I, I went <laughs> off on a way on a- No, you're good. Yeah, it's so it is really so interesting to consider. And I feel like part of it is us just like going back to almost like the foundations and the basics because there is so much in the external reality. There's so so much on the social media, the movies, the music, the just literally everything as a distraction almost. Mm-hmm. And again, it kind of goes back to the external being a beautiful enhancement. But if we have everything we ever needed inside, I feel for me, the, the combination that I found that's really helpful is conscious creation, which is to me reaching into the quantum. To me, the mm-hmm. quantum, Field, the quantum field is just all possibilities of anything and everything that you could ever choose to be, experience, and do. So reaching into the quantum and really like tuning into what is it that I want to experience? What did I like come here for at a deeper, deeper level? And usually you can go even deeper because some people will be like, oh, what is it that you want? Like, I just want this house with this car, like all great and fine, but like deeper, what fuels your soul? Like, what is that 10 out of 10? Heck yes, like I'm here, it feels expansive. It's an absolute yes, not a five out of 10, a 10 out of 10. Mm. And then there's this also this energy of presence because part of what happens here on this planet as there's so much going on that we get so far out into the future or we're so far into all the past. So it's like all the things that have happened to us, we're living from the past, but when we can presence ourselves and live in the now and be okay with what is here now and what's right in front of us to do, and that might be take a nap, that might be go to the beach, that might be read a book, that might be watch a TV show, some mindless TV and really tuning into what's showing up right now because in myself included i did everything i could to avoid the now but the now is really all we have in this moment and so and then the, and then the third thing that i found is just like the, the healing component the releasing all the things that weren't you and never were so the the all the the imprints the programming the distortions like it so you know as we grow up there are so many ways that the conditioning does happen i've seen children's movies they do it through symbolism i mean it's a reality of this here time space this planet whatever you want to refer to it as but again we don't have to be victims to it and that's the thing it is all it's a reality of this again this this place that we're in but 
we're so much bigger than that. And that's how we really break the chains of it. Like we can go through the process of acknowledging, oh, wow, I subscribe to this and this doesn't feel really good. You know, like for me, one of the things that was really interesting is going through this process of leaving law enforcement and running this business. I found myself being like, oh my gosh, like my ego, my unconscious and just this identity that I had to let go of was like, oh man, like, like there were parts of me that would be like, okay, you're nothing now because you're starting this healing business. Like no one even knows what that is. And you have this career and this pension and all the things you're told to have. And so there was like a process of grieving all the things that I thought, like the external accolades that we're told define us as a person and who we are, which it's simply not true. It's just, it, it's like really just trying on a, a pair of shoes and be like, oh, I want to do this today. Like I could go be a librarian tomorrow for fun, yeah. right? So, or I don't know, maybe they take a little more education. Maybe I'd have to take a class or something, but it's just, we really can experience this reality however we choose. And so choosing our, our emo, like using our emotions that, that are our compass, if it feels con- constricted or if it feels expansive, that's helpful guideposts, like really learning how to use your own intuition because there is so much of this stuff we can focus on. And so we can spend our time focusing on all the things that are wrong and all the things that suck, or we can choose to being part of the creation of, of something new. And that's the beautiful thing about, about this time in the evolution of humanity is the thing is, is we're outgrowing all these paradigms. We're outgrowing the, the medical system. We're outgrowing all of the old ways that the food stuff, like people are like, wow, maybe I need to start um, planning my own food or, or focusing on maybe even health, a healthier diet because I'm not feeling so great. And there's a lot of crap in the other food. Because the thing is, is we're also, if everybody's just like, okay, yeah, we're not into this anymore than the people in control of it, they lose the power because nobody's participating in their little game that they've created. We're not Mm -hmm. participating anymore. We're participating in the creation of what is new. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I feel like it's definitely, I feel we have the opportunity to head in a beautiful direction. And, you know, I feel like we're almost course correcting. I've done a a little bit of research on like the Atlantean timelines that I'm not sure if you're familiar with. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the parallels, have you, have you read any books on it? Like I, no, I haven't. haven't. Yeah. No. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And I'm not an expert in this by any means, but I, I, this book, it's called the hypnotist journey to Atlantis. And I believe it's um, Sarah Breckman Cosme, I believe is her name. I know her first name, Sarah, for sure. And so she does all these past life regressions. And there were so many similarities in the stories that it's like, okay, well, they're either tuning into this field of consciousness, like like there's so many similarities. It's like irrefutable to say that the, it's a coincidence. I don't believe it was. So a lot of what had happened before the destruction of Atlantis and it was, there was this vaccine, there was a virus, first a virus. And and I backing up, I actually had this kind of, and I don't, this thought that came through, I'm like, what if this virus is actually just a thought form and people agreed to it and they're getting sick now because they're connected to this field of consciousness. Like, I think that's a possibility too, because if everything is energy and our thoughts are energy and our thoughts create emotions and realities in, in all the things, like what if this virus is just a thought form that they're like, hey, we're unleashing this virus and people are like, oh my gosh, so afraid. They're tuning into this collective consciousness and not to say that there aren't like certain, you know, the 5G radiation. I feel like that's playing into it, not to go off from too much of a tangent, but um, yeah, but it's like a, it's like a big, the big illusion is just the trick. It's just yeah. literally nothing it's a vapor it's not even real we make it real <laughs> yeah 
like we're so much, it just goes speaks to the fact that we're so much more powerful and our ability to create than we really ever maybe realized, at least in this point in time. But anyways, going back to this um, little illustration. So there were this virus that like was unleashed um, to this, I don't know if it's a country city, whatever you want to call it. And people were getting sick and then they were doing these vaccine injections and they were different injections. They were like put under the skin and then people were getting sick and there were like quarantines and all these things. And then people were having babies and they had animal like qualities and things. And so um, a lot of people were getting sick and dying. And then there was obviously the destruction, but she was just illustrating the parallels of that timeline to this timeline before the destruction. And I feel like we're at kind of an interesting point in the evolution of humanity, because I do feel if we keep going in the direction of kind of that downward direction that we are headed, like it's not sustainable. It really isn't because the amount of sickness, the amount of wars, the amount of just all the um, manipulation and things. I mean, that I I sure as shit don't want to be here like for much longer, right? If if, if it's going to continue kind of going down that road. But I don't think I, I do think we have the opportunity to say, okay, we're, we've learned from this, we're learning from this. And I think that is what we're saying with, you know, the amount of people that are asking questions and waking up. So I think that we are at kind of a turning point. Again, I've kind of mentioned this, you know, new paradigm shifts and kind of this golden age where we are going to be bringing in and we are bringing in these like templates of what it really means to be human. Because I actually, and this is probably a whole nother conversation, I truly believe that that the human being is actually an immortal being in its purest form. And I believe that, you know, we can choose when we come in and leave. And it's like death is actually could be a, a spiritual experience, but because of all the distortion and the disease and things, it's caused this fragmentation in the human body and the human vessel. And so I think that DNA can be manipulated in a negative way. Also, it can be enhanced in a very positive way. And so I think there are all these different things that are available to us as part of this, like, again, it's probably a, a time for a different conversation around like that immortality kind of notion. But as I've been doing this work, I feel like I'm almost like reverse aging. So I think that is also an option and an opportunity for us to really bring back the um, the truth again of what it is to have, like the way our physical bodies are actually meant to function because they're not functioning. I feel like, like I'm hearing like 5%. Like I feel like in general, as far as our abilities, psychically, spiritually, the, the way that, um, just the, the way that our body systems are, are meant to function and the enhanced, like almost like superhuman. I feel mm-hmm. like we're at about 5% as a collective right now. Do you, what do you think about, um, cause I've, I've looked into the whole simulation theory concept and I know right now, you know, and I have, this rubs me a little bit with, um, with meta or Facebook or whatever, trying to create the metaverse mm-hmm. and put people into that space. It's almost like this, this, it's not even a real reality. It's just another version of reality, like social media. You know, if the power went out, Facebook's gone. <laughs> Instagram is gone. TikTok is gone. (laughs) Those universes are done. So what do you think of the concept of, yeah, of of simulation? Could this be a simulation? You know, I know it's just, it's hypothetical because we don't know, but do you think because of the things we're experiencing where it's like, well, 
humanity should be at this level, but it's only down at this level. Could it just be, that's just how it's supposed to be, you know? Uh, how do you feel, how do you feel about the metaverse and, and people not fixing what's going on here? And now it's just, okay, let's just, let's just go in here. Let's just put kids, let's get their brains on Oculus Rifts where they're all in virtual reality and they don't pay attention to this anymore. It's like, look over here now, you know, it's putting the blinders on a, on a, on a horse. And yeah, how do you feel about that? I'm personally not a fan based on the information I have. Uh, and the reason being is because I feel like we're here to have community and connection and mm -hmm. to experience life. Like it, I even saw this little, I don't know if it was a meme or what you'd call it, but even down to the fact that like they created like shoes and pavement, but actually like us putting our feet, planting it on the earth, it is so energetically balancing for the, like the cells in our body to be connected to the earth. And so I think it's just- yeah, It's like a grounding. Yes, yes. I feel like it's just another way that pulls us out of our body, pulls us out of connection. And it's, you you know, you see a lot of children these days and adults, they're like literally viewing life through the lens of their phone. I, I can't tell you the amount of concerts I've been to where I've just seen people literally with their phones on the entire time I've video seen, yep. the entire thing. It's so mm -hmm. for their Instagram, it's, it's so fascinating because, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I feel that it takes away from presence once again. And so we've just come so far away from the energy and the just just being present and being able to be present. And we're so far out there that I, the video games and all the things I, I just it, it's interesting. Like, what are we going to is online dating and it turn into some like virtual, you know, you got like your little hologram of a person like three, <laughs> you know, the, you know what I mean? Like a coffee. You got date. a huge like rabbit I mean, head. Like, like really like what I, I just i can't you know so it's um i just don't feel like it's beneficial for that human connection and like that i, I, I i'm not a fan <laughs> yeah it's almost like pushing it's almost pushing us into that state did you ever see the movie wally it's I a pixar not. film where it's essentially like this robot that's humans are dead off the planet they're up in space and the ones that survived they're essentially like really fat they all just sit in these chairs that hover and, and float around on little grids that basically take them to everywhere they're supposed to go and it's almost like you saying you know kids holding up their phones at a concert because i've seen the same thing and even at restaurants like i'll, I'll see a family with uh if uh i'll see a family like eating and their kid is on a on a an ipad just totally yeah. like in a, in a mm -hmm. hypnosis, which again, I don't have kids, so I, I can imagine a kid complaining at the table is probably less pleasant. You just give them the iPad, but right. it is weird. It's like kids are being conditioned into this state of reality where they are disconnecting from this human interaction, uh, interaction. And, um, but anyway, I, I, I go off on a ton of tangents. The last it. thing I really wanted to get in was just you talking a little bit about before we go talking about the courses that you offer on your website and kind of some of the coaching that you're doing because i want our listeners to basically um i want them to check out your site and and just dig into what you're doing because i think what it is that the spirit you're carrying is so badass oh, we're in a state of the world where people like you are absolutely angels on the planet and and so yeah, I just, if you could talk a little bit about your courses and kind of the stuff that you're doing. 
Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so actually, in this, I don't know when this is going to air, but um, the first week in April, and it's an ongoing thing, every Wednesday, so I have a group that I have made some changes to. So it's basically restarting here um, in the next week, and it's around this conscious creation. So it's a w- weekly calls. I do weekly calls, and it's stepping into creation. So it's stepping into what is it that I would love to create just because... I would love to have it. And so I help kind of people fine tune these things that they're wanting to experience and create. And then I do what's called an essence activation or recode. So it's the energy healing component. So we step into creation, into the frequency of being it now, like I was mentioning, because the mind and the body don't know the difference when we're stepping into this frequency and this energy of it happening now versus it not being here in the physical reality where it may not have yet manifested, but we're basically like creating that identity structure. And then the recode um, part is releasing the resistance to being able to take inspired action. So I'll give an example. Before I started doing this work, I was terrified of public speaking. I had all kinds of deeply rooted stuff from like childhood and things. And these, this specific type of releasing work, energetic releasing work, I have zero, like I have a podcast now. So I clearly don't have a problem public speaking anymore, (laughs) but it's just been such amazing transformative work in my life. So that is one thing I offer. And, and my thing is, is the doors are always open because I, I, I don't, I think that some of the spiritual community and the coaching, the healing is just kind of another way to, for people to give their power away. So it's just a month to month thing. It's only $44 a month. You get a weekly healing group call and you get access to the replays if you can't make it live. So I've just, it's it's month to month. Like I don't like to lock any people into contracts or any of that nonsense. I just, my, my thing is I just want to help people activate their own power, their own inner healer and support them on their journey. And that's just really the space I come from because I've done it in the past where I've given my power away to healers and coaches. And so that's just not how I roll. And then I also... Um, I do have a podcast and um, that that I, I, it's one of my favorite things to do. And I love these kind of conversations. These are these are just so fun and expansive to meet amazing new people. So those are the, the two main things that are near and dear to my heart at this moment. And I'm always open. If you you know have a question, just drop me a message on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is just my name, Amanda Monier. Um, just let me know if I can support you in any way. And um, if I can't, then I'll help point you in the right direction of maybe someone who can. So awesome. Well, it's been awesome to chat with you and everybody check out the uh, the podcast. It's uh, the New Earth Visionaries. Yeah. New and Earth it's on all the all the streaming podcast platforms. And also your website is is it Amanda Monier dot com. Yeah. Just my Perfect. name, Amanda Monier. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Amanda, for being on. You're welcome anytime. And I know our listeners are going to love this because that's kind of the, it's kind of great to balance the chaos with the, the brighter side of things. And I think that's where a lot of us are trying to shift is, is just how do we observe, step back and change ourselves to make the world a better place. So I really do appreciate your time and you're welcome anytime. Thank you so much. And I also want to throw this out there for anyone who's new to the energy work, like first sessions on me, if you want to just come check it out, just hit me up and we'll get you in there so you can see what it's all about. But thank you so much for for having me. This has been such a fun conversation. Absolutely. Anytime. So there you have it. That was Amanda Monier. So grateful to have her on the show. That was amazing. 
such a perfect first guest to be on Exit the Cult. I am really stoked that we were able to put that together. I think I'm supposed to do her show next week. So I'm going to be on her podcast. So look forward to that. And um, yeah, that was awesome. Special thanks to Greg Reese, Amanda Monier, Elf Tree Publishing, and of course, our badass listeners here at ETC. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please reach out to us at exitthecult at protonmail.com or visit exitthecult.com. As always, be sure to check out the description for show notes and links to articles and videos featured in the episode. Have a killer weekend and don't be a killer! If you have an interesting story or information you'd like to share with our listeners, send us an email at exitthecult at protonmail.com. Please help support the show by becoming an Exit the Cult member over at our Patreon page for exclusive content and bonus episodes. Visit exitthecult.com for details. Tune in to new episodes on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening.